Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, good afternoon, Scott. Welcome back to The Wind Down. Yes, good afternoon, Nick. How have you been? I've been very well indeed. Very well indeed. Far better than I think our friends in Victoria are. Cause I'm yes. Still in a... <laughs> there is that. I, I could say that again. I'm still in a pub. So, where are we today? What are we drinking? Let's do the important thing. Uh, today, we are in DY, so a little bit outside the bounds of the uh, the just the northern uh, Sydney gateway there, but uh, in the uh, the DY Hotel. Awesome. One of my, it's right around the corner from where I live. So, so I love this. I did actually work out the other day, Scott, if I walked from home to the DY Hotel and had a beer and then walked all the way home from here, I did my step count for the day. If I walked from home to the closest pub, I would have my step count for the month. <laughs> well, you do live somewhere silly. Anyway, yes. what are we drinking? <laughs> okay, so the, um, this week we have a, uh, a nice uh, bottle of Shiraz from Burton Vineyards in the Barossa. Oh, very nice. Very nice. It's uh, 2018, I see. It, it, it is. So it's a fairly, fairly young drop, but um, this is uh, um, in, in, interesting on the back of the bottle. It says, a great accompaniment to a lamb roast or a tomato-based pasta dish, although I've, I've generally found this goes pretty well just about anything. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's certainly very yummy. I had it with nachos for lunch, so I, I thought that was rather good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> of course. It's, it's amazing what you can dip nachos in. It, it is, it is, absolutely. So I, I did notice um, you went and bought the wine, you came back with some paper-based receipts, and then you scanned them, which segues into what we're talking about today, which is the paperless office. What yes. a concept. So what do you think it means? So look, this has been going around for a long time as a concept. I mean, what what exactly is the paperless office? And I'll, I'll, I'll sort of start by saying, note that it's paperless, not paper none, uh, and that's a, that's an important distinction, right? So so let's let's talk about that distinction. So so we're not saying no paper ever, are we? Are we saying we get rid of almost all of it? Or look. Technically, you could get rid of all of it, but I think there becomes a point where it's not cost-effective to, like, say, have a sign on the wall that may be printed on paper. What do you buy a tablet to put up there and have the tablet on 24 hours a day showing the same thing? Yeah, you you could. Well, yeah, you you could, but is that really cost-effective? I don't know. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But um, this is the old wireless concept. It's, it's, you know, wireless, the old wireless radio concept. They still have wires. They just hide them inside. Yeah, yeah, good, good point. So, uh, it's suffice to say, um, this episode is not sponsored by Reflex Paper, though, is it? Uh, no, no, <laughs> it, it it is not. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've I've heard yeah ever, ever since like, you know, the last ten years when I've been working in cloud and accounting and those sorts of things, people are talking about paperless and the paperless office. But I have a feeling this kind of concept's been around for for years. How long has it been around for? Do you think? So, look, I, I actually found an article. Uh, out of Business Week from 1975 called The Office of the Future. And they talk about no paper. And this whole thing goes around that you know, you, it's there's, where you print paper off, where you sign documents, where you do whatever it is and you send and transport paper around today, it's not going to be there in the future. And it's amazing how close that is sort of for, for something that was, what is that, 45 years ago now, uh, was actually good at predicting yeah, but I reckon they predicted there'd be no paper way sooner than, 
than even now because even even now there's yeah we've just been sitting here talking and you're writing things on paper and you've got lists on bases really really for a technologist scott yeah, well, that, that, that is very true. I, look, I, I largely have uh, moved like 95% paperless. Uh, I like to uh, doodle and scrawl and take notes by hand still. Uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, and I do like to um, have legal agreements, I guess, uh, printed out where I can read them and scribble all over them in various ways. It just makes it easier to uh, to work with for me. I've tried doing the online thing. I've tried doing, yeah, uh, mark up the, the document in Adobe or something like that. But it's just... At the moment, to me, it's just losing something. <laughs> well, my ideal device, I think, is the the Kindle with the e-ink display that you could write on. I reckon that'd be perfect for me. But um, yeah, I, we we both of us have been in IT for a while, which is um, probably why I have grey hair and Scott has no hair. But um, um, you know, uh, I, I, I resemble that comment. <laughs> let's let's talk about have you. What's the earliest project you can remember around? You know, the, the, the kind of trying to do this paperless office thing. Yeah, look, I, I was thinking a bit about this, and what came to mind was something in the early 90s. Um, there was a, um, a finance insurance uh, office, and um, they were trying to do the whole paperless processing thing. Now, if you think that's quite a long time ago, and back then what they were doing was they were actually putting ATM cards inside every computer. You better explain ATM. <laughs> Well, actually, this, you know, this goes back quite a while. I guess we, we don't have a lot of ATM uh, as far as a communications protocol floating around. So asynchronous... where I get my money from, really. Yep, that, that would be the more common one. Yes, look, asynchronous transfer mode. It was a, a method of sending a 53-byte packet of data uh, between two locations. And that was one of the, the, the protocols that for a while there was looking like it was going to take off. But it just sort of slowly died down um, a bit with the old frame relay, the token ring and that sort of thing. So it didn't, uh, it didn't really eventuate um, just raw ethernet took over and we sort of see that in, the, in most most environments today um, but this this organization went ahead and put ATM cards so ATM network cards in every computer they actually ran fiber to the desktop so this is where the early NBN got their idea from I guess they're not fiber to the node or fiber to no. the premise fiber to the desktop because because ATM was really a carriers um, a, a carriers technology so they were actually running fiber to the desktop uh, plugging it into these ATM cards, and they were running at 25 megabits per second in a time where you sort of had 4 megabits per second token ring going to 16 meg and sort of 10 meg Ethernet well, floating that was, around. That was ridiculously fast. And imagine how fast you could have run Doom on that. Uh, well, I, I imagine someone did find out. Um, but they did realize that the whole thing about this paperless office is you need the bandwidth or capacity to be able to actually do the work. Um, and look, they, they gave it a good go, uh, but much like some other sort of failed projects out of the 90s, um, it, it was a good idea at the time, but it just didn't really take on. Or technology overtook what they were trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so some of those, te- there's a bunch of technologies involved in being paperless, right? And, and the key thing is being able to extract data from the paper. Yes. Right. So, so that's, yeah, we've all got, we all know how printers work, right? They take data and put it on paper. But it's the scanner which takes the data off the paper and makes that usable. So, so you know, there's there's lots of ways these things work, and I've certainly uh, been around a few of them and seen some some great and some horrible ones. Do you want to hear some horror stories? I'd love to hear some horror uh, stories. Cool. So, so the way a scanner works is it it uses light and it, it, it reflects off the page and it sees how that light changes and it records it. And these things can be really really high resolution. And effectively, at their core, they create an image of the document or the photo or whatever it is you're scanning. 
Um, and a lot of printer manufacturers have created this wonderful, fancy multifunction device which scans and prints and collates and bursts and decollates and does all sorts of stuff. Um, but their scanners are normally woeful. And, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is feeding paper through a scanner paper path. When It's it's fine when you open your box of reflex. He didn't even sponsor yes. us, but there it goes again. Um, and you put it into a printer and it prints from it because those pages are fairly clean. But when you're taking paper that's been in envelopes and been all around the world and you're, you're trying to get the data off that, those pages are dirty and they make your scanner rollers dirty and there's dust in there and all sorts of things stops that working. But, but at the end of it, you get this image which is about, well, it, it's great because you can see what was on the paper, but it really doesn't move the bus, so to speak. It doesn't get you a lot further to having that data. And that's where we need technologies such as OCR or optical character recognition. And what OCR does is it reads what's written on the paper and it does its best attempt to turn that into computer-readable text data. Um, and then there's there's really simple ones which just turn into text. There's really complex ones which can pull out fields and all sorts of stuff. But but getting from scanner from that image to data actually was a challenge in the 90s, right? It took us a little while to get there. But but we're kind of at a point now where yeah, you know, for a couple of hundred bucks you can go and get a high speed scanner dedicated which will scan these documents, which will OCR them, optical character recognition them, and turn them into usable pieces of data that you can use in your business. So, Yeah, and look, the, this is the thing, I guess. The, the, the scanners you can get today, um, it, it, it sort of, they've progressed a long way. If you think about TVs or fridges or something like that, they, they don't tend to break very often these days. The, the build quality has gotten to a point where they can produce a stable device. And the scanners are pretty much at that point where they've reached that um, they're fast enough, they actually produce um, a level of quality and a level of resolution that is actually usable by the general public, and they're, they're cost-effective. You don't have to spend a lot of money, um, and the, the funny thing about that is we, we've seen um, issues recently where people trying to get old scanners working, and the amount of time and effort you'd spend on continually ad- addressing issues and bugs, um, in some cases real bugs, that are stuck in the scanner. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and trying to clean that out, you would um, you would actually be better off just going and buying a modern sort of you know few hundred dollar. Um, and, and, and some of this goes firmware and software, right? So, so back in the day, you could send basically using very simple protocols. I could send an email to anybody in the world, and yes. you'd receive it, and it would be fine. And we we've, we've realised that's bad. Um, just sending an email to anybody in the world is is not a good thing. So these things have got more and more secure, and as they've got more and more secure, legacy or older scanner technology hasn't kept up and so you know i was hearing recently about a multifunction device which in a big one like a you know tens of thousands of dollar device at a law firm they're trying to configure it to send emails through office 365 and one of the fields you have to put the data in wasn't long enough to take the login details it's very depressing uh, for, for clients that have a longer domain name, I mean, this, this is the whole modernization part of it. You, you've got to have modern software to run with the scanners to be able to produce the result that you need. Cool. So, so we're, we're at the point, right, where we've got we've got our scanner. It's working. It can send data around, and that data and and the format that most people are accepting for that data is something called the searchable PDF. So that's an Adobe document file, a PDF, and one layer it's got the image. Of, of what you see on the screen. And then on a layer above, it's got that converted into computer-readable text so that other software can then work with that data. Um, strangely enough, someone just worked out how to hack the 
electronically signed convertible image at a layer level. Oh, awesome. That, that's for another discussion. Then. <laughs> it probably is. We're going to do a security discussion. I reckon we can do one pretty soon. So I'm sure we could fit all of security into one discussion. <laughs> How hard can it be? Um, <laughs> you're not very is probably the answer. But but anyway, we so we, we've, we've got that and we want to get these... Yeah, it's all very well and good having these documents floating around, but the more files you get, the harder it is to manage. And I don't know about you, but you know, the plain old you know, C drive explorer view hasn't really evolved since Windows 3.1, has no, it? No, not really. Look, I'd, I, ideally, I'd like to have this concept where you just go and scan everything all in a row and stick it in one big bucket. And whatever you want to look at, you just go and search for it, and you have to worry about placing anything anywhere or tagging anything. It's all automatically done for you. But really, we're not quite there yet. I don't know. There are certainly ways to do that. And one of the ways to do that is to put it into a document management system, which will fully text index your documents. Right. So I've noticed a lot of people, when they're scanning documents, like to give them big complex file names so they can find them again. And certainly if you're using Explorer, that's going to be the only way you're going to find things. But if you use something like SharePoint Online, part of Office 365, that actually goes into the document and reads all the text and creates a full text index. So now mm. we can search whatever's inside the document as well as its file name. And that not a lot of people are used to that yet. No, and I noticed with the uh, the latest updates to the uh, Microsoft Bing search engine, if you actually have a, an Office 365 tenancy, Bing will actually search and deliver results from your internal documents as well as from the internet. Yeah, that's that's actually, that, that almost would make me move from searching on Google, almost. Yeah, I mean, the, the results are even improving. Yes. Yeah, but certainly being able to find things within your own document management is cool. So I said SharePoint. I don't just mean SharePoint because Office 365 is now this kind of amorphous server kind of cloudy type thing. So I do mean OneDrive and Teams and SharePoint in the same bucket. Yes, and that's the whole thing. I mean, this is no longer just about how do I store a document somewhere or even how do I store it in the cloud. I mean, we, we know about things like Box and Dropbox. Uh, Citrix had their share file initiative. And look, they, these are great tools, but let's face it, this is a five-year-old problem that they're sort of addressing. It's really now about assuming that problem is solved. How do we integrate all this? How do we make it invisible? How do we blend it all together to create a better business experience? So, so I think that I think that comes around to to what the user wants to do. And I, I, when we started talking about this, we talked about how do I get the data off the paper. Now we're doing what do I do with it? Right. So, so what what do I do once I've, I've got that data off the paper into some electronic format? How do I get it? And I certainly think being able to get it from anywhere, have it synchronized to your device using OneDrive Sync, having it in SharePoint so you can search it with a kind of Google-like experience, or actually having it in Teams presents it at the right point for what you're trying to do. So you're saying information at your fingertips? Oh, information. Just, just somewhere I can get to it would be a good start, Scott, really. really. So, so, so that integration's really key. It but, is. But then I sense a problem. There is a problem. There is a big problem, and it's a problem that not everybody is really aware of until it is a problem. Yeah, and that's that's the, the so I'm going to use a, an adage. I used to, many, many moons ago, and I was trying to work out the date, but I think it was 1994. I was working for an accounting firm, and I was chatting to the company that sold their core accounting software. So it's like an MYOB, but in the offshore trusting company, they're called, uh, I won't even use the name, but, but that kind of goes. And I was talking to them about backups and how important 
backing everything up to separate media was. And their CTO told me they had RAID discs, so they no longer needed to do a backup. That's lovely. That puts us all to shame with the CTO title. Um, so here's, here's the thing, and this is really important. The, the cloud providers do not back your data up. They have a requirement to have your data available. They will use techniques such as RAID, um, which is a redundant array of inexpensive drives or disks, for example, to keep multiple copies of your current data, such that if there is a failure, they can quickly get that current copy back online. But if you've got a document you put to the cloud a week ago, and you've since made some changes, and then you deleted it, and you want to go back to that week ago copy, that, that doesn't exist anymore unless you've actually got backups of that copy. And this is why there's cloud backup tools. Microsoft doesn't back up your data. Google doesn't back up your data. Citrix doesn't back up your data. Dropbox doesn't back up your data, and so forth. There are separate backup tools that will take a copy of the data at this point in time, store it somewhere else in the cloud, and allow you to recover it in the future if you need it from that point in time. Um, it's very important, though. You still need backups. If you go and store a whole bunch of data in your cloud, in whatever location you like and you then go and delete it i can guarantee you the cloud will accurately represent that deletion <laughs> yeah now there's strategies you can you can you can mitigate this i, I hear you scott I, I, and i i have i have conversation i've sat down with the um uh, the ceo of, of skykick and the ceo of datto and had this this wonderful backup conversation now it's not all doom and gloom backup's really important don't get me wrong but with things like versioning if you turn yeah. it on with litigation hold, if you turn it on, with with there's a bunch of configuration you can do to lower your risk. But Scott's right. If you want to remove the risk of losing data, backups that are tested regularly is the solution to that. Yes. Cool. Excellent. We, we've we've got to the we've got to the backup thing. That's cool. So so backups are good. Okay. Um, all right. So saying that, we said at the very beginning, you know, paper none versus paper less. Um, you know, what do you still use paper for? Look, so there's a couple of things. Aside from the general sort of notepads and doodle bits and pieces that I do, and sometimes I like sitting in you know, client meetings with a notepad rather than a, a laptop because it sort of looks like you could be playing a game on your laptop. Who would know? And you are you actually paying attention? Um, but we, we had a, a case recently where we had some legal contracts we had to sign, and they actually had to be done in person written on a bit of paper with a witness uh, and according to the law for this particular type of document and this particular type of transaction electronic signatures were not yet viable well they were pretty close but there's a lot of questions around is it valid is it not and therefore we had to go down to the old sign scan send to the next person get them to download sign scan and so forth a bit annoying uh, but i think that the law is not quite there yet even though in a lot of cases they've made a lot of progress. So talking of law, I was reading an article the other day, I'll just do an aside, where they, um, I think it was Deloitte, used an artificial intelligence tool to go over all the New South Wales state legislature to find bits which are out of date and didn't match what we do technologically today. And they found 627 pieces of legislation which need to be looked at and are out of date, which is four years of legislative activity to get it up to date. Mm. 
I don't suppose there's only 628 pieces of legislation in existence. No, there's more no. than that. Okay, that's, right. That's quite a bit. Um, so, so, so anyway, so I'm, I'm, doing an, I'm doing an aside. I should stop doing that. It's kind of kind of but, but, the, but you've got on. you've got a good point though. That the the issue becomes at a technical level. We can certainly say, look, it's an electronic signature. We can track it. We can date stamp it. It's certified. We know where it's coming from. We know where it's been. But if it's not legally viable, you can't really do it. No, but, uh, you know, Blind Freddy can see a digitally signed electronic signature is better than a wet signature. You can see that. However, if you then have to go into a court of law, I wouldn't be betting everything against it. I hear you. So legal advice on that one, folks. Legal advice. But but certainly for most documents, electronic signatures, certainly I know the tax office accept electronic signatures, and that's going to help you get closer to that paperless vision. There, there is a lot of changes that have been made recently to, uh, to help this. Yes. Yeah, and, and COVID's just going to make it better. Um, yes. and, well, that, that's just it. And just one thing, uh, one of the things that happened recently, we also had to do a bank transaction. Oh, and, uh, How many times did we, do? we did well? Well, three times at West Bank. Oh, sorry, at a bank. <laughs> at, at a bank, yes. And we, we won't name the. So we we had to make a, a certain change in a transaction in the bank. Uh, we therefore had to make an appointment. We had to get someone who printed off a twelve-page document and had to get people to sign it in various places. Unfortunately, one of the people was in Melbourne, so the document had to get sent to them via, in theory, overnight branch to branch delivery, which took about three days. Um, for them to go into a branch to sign, to have it sent back to us. Anyway, it took two and a half weeks to have this done. Um, in a comparative sort of point of view, we had to do a certain transaction at another bank and we were able to do it online in about 30 minutes between four people. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's such a difference. It's it very will, depressing. It will be so nice when you know all of that comes together. And Everybody says to me the, um, the new open banking will solve that um, Anybody who says that hasn't read the specs on open banking, just so you know. Um, and I have. And it doesn't solve that. But it solves some things. Anyway. But did you have to sign something to get them? Uh, you, you can electronically sign it. It's okay. Huh. Um, so, so we talked about some things that need to be physically signed to get the paperless. Scott, what do you think the future holds? Oh, look, I, I, ideally, I'd like to see every, the, the paper go the way of the dodo. Um, I, I, I don't really see a great need for paper anymore. And I think everything is going to be online, on tablets. If, if you have a look at things like the, the original Star Trek episodes from the, 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 the 60s and the 70s. Beam me up, Scotty. Exactly. I haven't heard that before. Wow. Um, and you would have these magical things appearing in a show that people disappear or a tablet and there's no paper. And the, the thing with that is, though, it, it inspires vision amongst people globally and they look at that and go i know how to solve that and someone goes away and builds it maybe version one isn't that great but then it becomes version two version three version four and then the the world picks up and away you go and all of a sudden that's implemented so those uh, some of those futuristic sci-fi shows have actually got a, a, a good part to play in in uh, defining what the future looks like just by telling people what they think could be viable but uh, yeah I, I think it's going to end up no paper and i think there'll be a lot of happy trees out there and perhaps not a very lot of happy paper companies <laughs> yeah that's for sure but the paper companies will find a way to solve it so i'm not i'm not yeah everybody that, evolves and moves that, forward so. they, they'll produce cardboard to ship the tablets in yeah exactly and, and just as an aside i'm a i love my gadgets i found a android tablet that runs e-ink which is the same stuff on the kindles and has a touch screen that you can write on and i'm seriously thinking of getting one so um, one of the things i do is i go out and 
fields on Saturday afternoons and assess referees. I'm going to write an app to do it. I'm going to run it on my e-paper tablet. So, so I know someone that has one of the original Apple Newtons. And uh, let me just say that you can't e-sign on that, and it does make a good paperweight. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, Scott, that's been a really, really, really interesting chat about the paperless office. I appreciate it. Good wine, good company. And um, looks like they're booking your table for someone else. That's lovely. We should perhaps uh, make like the trees. <laughs> Absolutely. Scott, thanks so much for another wine down. Thank you very much, Nick. All right. You have a great day. You too. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.